Welcome to the Edge Up Podcast with your hosts, Reed and Glenn from Hawaii Trading Academy. Welcome to episode 51 on the Edge Up Trading Podcast. I want to read a quote for you guys, right? I heard this. We heard that I think beginning of this year or last year, <clears throat> Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Almeida Research, has said that her for, her firm does not tend to have things like stop losses. She also said that she believes that stop losses are not necessarily good risk management tools. Now, after reading that, or I think I saw the video. You, you, you probably saw it too, Reed. It triggers so many questions, man. Right. And, you know, this this quote, it's going to go hand in hand with what the topic we're going to be talking about today. But it just triggers so many questions. And to hear that from the CEO of this firm who's handling hundreds of millions, if not billions of under management, um, it's a triggering thing coming from a trader. Right. Like like I just see red flags all over. No stop losses. What do you think? What comes to mind? Yeah, red flags. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, that's a red flag. But to keep everyone informed, this is Sam Fried's girlfriend, right? Or former ex-girlfriend. Yes. And so like, yeah, it was like she got a lot of flack for that when she said basically she doesn't believe in stop losses. Right. Right. And it just sounds very uh, gambler mentality. You're not doing anything. It does. (laughs) Like not doing anything to save it. Like is she focused on, I mean, maybe the her firm... I don't know the stats of it, but it just shows that they're focused on trying to make more money. You know, it's like, what's the next thing? Let's just get in this trade and hold, wish for the best, wishful thinking almost. Right. And that kind of goes hand in hand with like a gambler mentality that they're just placing their bed and hoping for the best. <laughs> and when it comes to traders that we know that we we look up to, they a lot of the questions they have or the main question they have when they enter into a trade, how much am I willing to lose in the position? They look at, say they have multiple positions, what's my total portfolio exposure? Um, these are like just super key questions that you and I as a real to- retail trader, individual trader, ask ourselves almost daily because we I think we realize over the time in our trading career, these questions are so key and but these questions are what kept us in the game for all these years rather than, oh, yo, I can make $1,000 in the next two hours right here. Let me just get in, you know, no stop losses. <laughs> yeah, that's straight up gambling mentality. That's what I think, you know. So let me really back read. Like, let me ask you, you know, when you started out trading, same similar with I, I can, I think I could relate. I was had had a little bit of that gambler mentality. You know, how did you, like, what what did it look like for you to get to that point of like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna ditch the gambler mindset. I'm gonna become a risk manager. You know, how did that journey unfold for you? Yeah, for me, it wasn't. Well, yeah, when I first got into trading, 100%, it was like, how fast can I flip this $2,000? You know, like, let's go risking all of it just to hopefully make something, you know? And I think that's what got me into trouble, too, because my first couple of trades were actually winners. And I I was straight up gambling, you know, I didn't have a plan or anything. But I think over time, realizing like, okay, trading or like, this is not for me, I would be coming close to blowing accounts. And I'm like, okay, this isn't financially smart. So it just began like, okay, maybe I should should put a stop loss okay this stop loss is way too much you know you're risking like five percent for on one trade so it's a gradient process like it slowly 
slow okay maybe four percent risk okay two percent risk okay i'm sticking to one percent risk and now like you know with these funding firms even less like 0.7 0.25 that's what we're risking when we're handling you know large large funds so i think that's uh my focus just began to shift over the years you know i identify risk first where's my stop loss gonna go first and then if the trade pulls against me what's the worst that can happen right what, what's the worst that i can lose and those are like the things that i check off now before like i'm like okay oh man this trick could hit you know 10r right here like of course every trade could theoretically hit 10r right the market's unpredictable but i think um you have more control of what you could lose and what you can make right so that's something to keep in mind how about you man did you did you have a gradual was it a gradual or would you were you like after one single trade you're like you know what I've cha I'm a changed man. For me, it was the first year of trading. I had zero knowledge or I didn't know what risk management was. You know, it was like I was just told risk this amount of ticks in your trade and just, you know, it should it sh you should make money in the end. Um, And that was a big, big gap or piece that I was missing in my trading. And of course, I think what what shifted for me was feeling the losses, feeling the loot, like just experiencing losing and the market teaching you just humbling you. You think you got it, but you don't, right? A lot of that veteran traders, they say that in their books, when you when you think you got it all figured out, the market just changes it up. And and hum serves you humble pie. So over the time, taking those losses on the chin, acknowledging it, um, I, I don't think I got to a point where I wanted to throw in the towel, but I knew there's probably some points where I had to just take a break. I think overall, like there's people who already done it, right? And so as you go and learn from the greats or read their books, watch your videos, you get to understand that you'll start picking out. It's like you got to read between the lines, you know? Um, when they speak, they're always relating to risk management in some way, shape, or form. And to me, then, like, it, well, I don't know if it was a light bulb moment, but it was, like, something... It gave me a, a goal, I guess, a target to reach for and understand this risk management game. And so once I started implementing that, once I started getting more guidance on it, of course, it led to better trading because I didn't blow accounts every month. Yeah, you mentioned something that's very key, man, that I've also read, I think, from, you know, Brett Steenbarger, psycho trading psychologist of SMB Capital. He mentions the pain threshold. It's like how how much pain, how much losses um, are you willing to take before you start taking action? And like I think that's a lot of, uh, you know, rehab centers, too. They find like the people who hit the lowest of their low in their life and then that's when the rebuilding happens. And I think that's the same thing when the transition from uh, gambling to trading, actual trading, actual risk management, it, it takes that many losses. You know, what is your loss threshold, right? Some it's, you know, a few thousand, some it has to be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars before they actually make a, a change, right? Just depends on who you are. Yeah. But I got a, a, a side thought bro what about like the the whole saying you know without risk there's no reward so like yolo and like <laughs> you know like what what comes to mind too like without risk there's no reward you know they say scared money don't make money right yeah that's a you know bro. like yeah, that that right. right there you'll see that lingering in the mainstream and in, in songs and uh news or, a lot or of in the crypto market crypto market right they're pushing that and of course like you look at the demographic of that you know, this new wave of traders or 
uh, crypto people, they're of course they're younger and they're they're eager. They're they have a drive, right, to make money, and they're they're all saying they're looking at that big what if. Like they see these people on social media posting, yeah, I threw in a thousand dollars in his Dogecoin, blah blah blah. I made this much. It, it's it's they're holding on to that hope. It all it almost reminds me of like lottery winners. You know, they just go buy lottery tickets every day and just pray and hope. I mean, at the you do that consecutively. I don't know how much a lottery ticket is, but like they they done the statistics. I think you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning according to the probabilities. Sorry, and trading is about probabilities. So when it comes to that whole mind frame of thinking the what if without risk, there's no reward, you're totally approaching the market in just not a good way. Yeah, I think uh, when you're approaching the market with a certain mindset, that's what they talk about, like uh, in trading mindsets, everything. They This falls in the mindset. It's like, hey, are you looking at the process or the result? Like, what are you trying to look for in the end? Are you trying to see how much money you can make or see how much money you can keep? And I think um, going, you know, using those excuses like, oh, don't worry about my risk because I know it's going to be worth it. But you know it's uh, i think a smart investor a smart trader a smart decision maker in general and in life they observe all the risks involved and no matter what decision it is and expect no greater uh, results than in the market of how to approach risk you know you got you come from a you're supposed to be coming from like a neutral and accepting standpoint you know what are your thoughts on like because like an act what a risk manager does yeah like switching gears from you know, the gambler, the YOLO guy um, or gal, the risk manager, what I've learned or observed over time was that these risk managers know themselves. They're, they they can um, control their emotions, right? To be able to make financial decisions. They're making financial decisions based on stats or based on their system, based on their strategy, rather than, oh, i I feel it. Woke up great this morning. The stars are aligned. My coffee was solid today. I'm going for it. You know, like there's a fine line of that, right? Like, you know, uh, I think athletes, right? They had, they know how to um, activate that getting in that zone, right? You know, um, it is a bit of emotional, but I think it, it's more so focus rather than feeling lucky. And so risk managers, like I said, they're able to just control their state and they know themselves well. They know when they start trading on tilt. You know, we mentioned that in our, one of our older older episodes, um, but they are able to also document their actions, like their decision making and being able to review it in a in a great state of mind and see, be, um, what do you call, open minded, open minded to yeah, you know what, I accept that I made a mistake there. I fat fingered the keyboard and i you know went 10 lot instead of one that they are able to just look at themselves in the mirror you know and i feel like a lot of people have that i think that's the biggest obstacle for them yeah would you what do you agree yeah i got a question for you glenn what do you do when you do fat finger you add extra zero and but somehow the market is in your favor today and <laughs> you know you had that cup of coffee you did some yoga in the morning life is good you fat finger your entry order and it's it's big, like you're running a big position. Do you immediately close it down? You're like, hey, you know what? It's going green. I fat fingered it. I messed up. But, you know, I'm in the green. I'm just going to keep holding it. What are your what are your thoughts on a situation like that, man? What do you do? Yeah, my old self would be like super excited, super pumped, you know, um, you know, and of course, I'll probably try to maybe take profit too early, be on a high. I'll be on cloud nine, right? 
Uh, if I was to do that now, I it, right away, I think I would be able to tell myself, okay, this was a total accident. Let me let it run. Let me cover my exposure. Let me take care of that. And I'll just take what the market gives me. And then in my journal, I'm going to call this a total. It's going to be a mistake and luck. 99% luck. <laughs> so, I kind of disagree. I, yeah? I, 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 Did you? Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to hear your thoughts. So let's let's like put the script here. What if it's running red and it's fat red? You're like, yo, this is way more than I thought. You doing the same? You're like, all right, let's see how much more I could lose. Like, maybe I mean, obviously, pull back. You cut you cut your losses quick. You know, once it right to me to me when I have because I know the dollar amount of the risk I'm I'm usually willing to take. So mindfully, I will have that that figure in mind, and then I'll cut it. I'll cut my losses quick, you know, because it's dangerous, man. You you let that to me, like when you let that big position ride out, and it's gonna be emotional roller coaster, you know. I would I would say that like your answer in the beginning, it's very um. I would say that's veteran veterancy because if it's a new trader, I definitely recommend if you fat finger anything, close the position right away, like uh. Cause that's you can't say it's okay this time, you know. You can't say it's okay for one and the other. As a veteran, I think you can. You, you're allowed to say this, Blanche. I'll I'll give you this one. But like, I I disagree. I think if you mess up, um, you need it because it, it shows accountability to yourself. Shows that I can be disciplined. Oh, I didn't follow a plan this time, but it's working out. That's okay. I'll let it run. Whereas like, oh shoot, you know, I even if you make that no, it leads. To me, it leaves the door open. It leaves the door crack where you could continue to make mistakes. You could continue to bend the rules a little bit. Like going back into like, you know, gamblers are willing to bend the rules and bend the plan. There's a lots of discretionary decisions, you know, mm. or like using excuses, uh, using emotions as excuses to break your plan. You know, like it doesn't lead to a long survivability. But obviously, like you've you've done, you know what you're doing. And like, I'm sure you've made mistakes in the past have is this has that happened where you have made mistakes you're like oh shoot close it right away even though it's green or you're just like anytime it goes green just let this guy run yeah i think it's a cross of the experience and it's a cross of learning and discipline you know um because i did when i did i would um make orders and i would fat finger them or make a mistake um i would close it right away immediately and just take that small hit you know um and that way, like, that's that's a sign of discipline and, and you just move on to the next, you know, like, damn it, Glenn, did it again. You know, what was I doing? I, then you got to pick apart. OK, was it distracted? Was I in the middle of something else? Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, that was kind of the way I've gotten through that. You know, I would love to hear how you like. If you fat fingered it, you're saying you close, you would close it right away. Close it right away. Yeah. yeah and would you continue training or would you? Yeah, yeah, I would still trade. Stuff? I would just be like, oh, I fat figured this. This, uh, this one doesn't count. You know, okay. something like that. No right. matter what the result, I would still just put like negligible result, so it doesn't encourage me. Even though it's like the best trade of of the year, and it was a <laughs> fluke. I gotta disregard that. I don't incorporate that in my statistics. If it's truly an accident, you know. It's a one-off. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a one-off. Uh, I don't have many of those anymore. Maybe once or twice, maybe three times. But this year, I've been pretty pretty disciplined. I don't have that this year. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to shift our focus here a little bit, Glenn. Like, 
couple of like questions for you. So one thing also like, you know, we so we discussed um, no risk, no reward type of fallacy. Um, the next one I want to kind of discuss with you here is like intuition. When does intuition come to play? You know, I feel like I've heard this on both professionals use it to intuition. I've also heard this on uh, lucky survivors of the great 2020 2021 bull run you know who were able to success and profit off of that they're like i just use intuition man like that's <laughs> that's how i'm making it i know this one's gonna be good yeah. so when you're looking in the market it's hard not to say like you used intuition or like my experience like i think that like let's talk about that like what is intuition in your mind or how do you use intuition yeah, intuition, it's it's a I think it's a mix of things, you know, you use your experience, you use your I like kind of listen to your gut in a way, but you use you're just really observing, being present, you're observing, you're taking in the current information and you're giving it an assessment, right? You're coming up with a conclusion on what's happening. There's times where like you have your trading plan, it's laid out before you even open up the charts hopefully that's ideally <laughs> right but then the trading market is happening and you're seeing the action unfold and there's times where like the the uh, market isn't giving you a clear cut gr signal to get in but at the same time over the years since you've been putting in the out thousands of hours of screen time you recognize what the market's doing and you go ahead and you know, like you make the decision, okay, I'm going to get in. I saw this before, you know, I saw it in my back testing, or you might have data, or like you just know, you know, there's times where you just know, and the trade ends up, you know, working out. And I think that's where, like, over time, you just got to, you, you try things, you, you lose. You try it again, you lose, you try it again, it, it works out. And you just develop that, I think, what do you call it? Memory muscle, right? Or, yeah, you're just repeating that action and you're getting better at it, you know? And I feel like everyone has their own intuition when it comes to the market. I'm sure you do too. But I want to ask, like, when do you make intuition decisions on your trading? You know, are you 100% just sticking by to your system or do you just like open up like, you know what? Yeah, I'm comfortable taking this. It's not on my, 90, my plan. 90% of the time, man, it's it's the plan. Like 99, really. Like I'm very strict and adherence to my plan because that's what got me here. That's what got me to be a profitable trader, you know, and I want to keep it that way. So I'm going to continue to follow the plan. The, the times where I'll actually use my quote unquote intuition or what I think a lot of uh, psychologists say intuition really is just experience of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Right. And I think that's because uh, it happens in sports, too. Like, oh, I just had this intuition to jump before or like do something before and it happens. Right. So I think it um it applies both ways. So it applies for like, oh, I, this is a move that's going to happen and you enter it and you win. But there's for me, the way intuition works a lot with me when I'm adhering to my plan is I'll be like, there's something about this trade that I don't like I'm just going to stay out right like news is not there everything just looks really good but for some reason there's something about it that that's off right and a lot of times you don't realize what's off until you know a couple years down the line or and it's like um 
what is it called um what a force not foresight but like you, you look back right hindsight, hindsight. hindsight. everything yeah. is is like it's different in hindsight easy to say oh yeah like this the reason why i felt different on this trade was because look this was different or maybe it was different on a higher time frame or something you know there's something that that maybe intuition now becomes part of the plan later you know and you, that's just through a lot of it's through experience so so like we're talking about like following the plan we're talking intuition uh, a third question or third topic I want to bring up, man, is like, okay, so I'm not a gambler anymore. I have a risk management trade. I'm doing well. You know, I keep my intuition in check. I have that part of my plan. Third one here is like, when can you size up though? Like, when is it okay to to size up? Like, as far as like trading versus gambling, when I size up, I know gamblers like they double down, double or nothing, right? So like, what is your what are your thoughts on like sizing up in the future? Yeah, it reminded me of um one of the books I was reading. Um, they're talking about when george soros was in this yen trade i think he was going long and he he knew some other traders were on the same trade and they were hitting new equity highs like this trade was making great uh profit for them and so they exit out of positions and george soros he was he told them you sell me your positions i'm gonna ride this train even longer you know and like right there i was like whoa okay what did he know that these guys didn't know right that gave him so much confidence to go take over their trades and continue to ride it out it, of course it worked out for him he said uh it doesn't matter how how many times you lose it matters how much money you make when you win or something like that don't quote me but <laughs> I mean, it might be a little off but you know, i was l just listening to that quote and then it kind of yeah it kind of sat with me well at first i didn't understand it but like he was right like you, when you have a a great trade going on you have to figure out how you can systematically or you know, make a process out of it, how to size up so you can get the most out of it because the market doesn't always deliver that kind of result all the time, you know? And so you try to, um, you try to maximize the gain on these better trades. Um, for me, like it was, it was a, of course it was a learning curve on learning how to size up. Um, I'm still in it too, but what worked out for me was doing the back testing and seeing how the model plays out but also biggest thing the other biggest thing is to see how much exposure you're willing to take you know what's the heat on your portfolio when you're you have one or a, couple, a few trades going on at the same time say you're risking one percent in five trades then your your total exposure is five percent plus plus or minus commissions or fees you got to figure out like what comes to mind, you know, I think I learned this from um, Tom Bossel was that like you have to keep your exposure, your total exposure um, according to your total equity. You know, there's a ratio or there's a way to figure that out. And that's what keeps your emotions in check. If you have the stomach to do 10% or higher full exposure on your portfolio, then go for it, you know? And so it takes practice. It takes a lot of homework and it takes a lot of research to go ahead and figure out what that sweet spot is for you uh, when it comes to sizing up. You know, you, it's going to be a gradual thing. You don't, you don't just like, go yolo all in like freaking you, you're one lot trader and then you go to like 20 one day you don't do that right so you just got to build it up you got to gain the confidence you got to gain the you know be systematic about it be logical right and always make sure you're going to be staying in the game the next day man how about you like how how did you start figuring out 
how to size up your positions. Yeah, so I mean, it's for anyone, every individual's different. It's based on risk tolerance, right? Like how much you're willing to lose per position. Uh, I, I stuck with 1% of my entire capital for a long, long time. Um, but thanks to like prop from industries and just learning a lot about risk more, um, I'll risk like 0.25% until I get a nice buffer with prop firms. Like, um, yeah, for losses, you know, account for losses or anything. And then uh, size up to 0.5% uh, percent, and then just go from there. Like that's how eventually get up to 1% when it's like a nice buffer. But um, yeah, I'm thinking that so slow, very slow process is how I would approach um, sizing up. Adding to that, right? Like, was there any particular tools or um, things that you use on your end when it comes to helping you manage risk better or faster or easier? Last thing I do want to say about like risk management and tools, one idea that really changed my whole perception of risk management versus gambling, man, is shifting that dollar percent or dollar into a percentage and like going off of like, okay, what's what's one percent of this entire account rather than, oh, I need to make a thousand dollars for rent or something for groceries, whatever it is, right? You set a dollar figure amount that that could lead into psychological troubles and where you can't uh, maintain an account and stresses and fear and even greed steps in you know you're trying to uh, get a dollar amount but i think percentage uh really is something like most all mature that's when you know you matured i think in your trading is that's when the first step to becoming a risk manager is like only risking percentage like thinking in terms of percentage but other than that, like actual software tools, man, I use a risk calculator app. Like literally it's called risk calculator app. Put it on MT, MT4 or MetaTrader 4 or MetaTrader 5. Um, I, I use that um, on TradingView. TradingView is the, the software, online software that I use to uh, manage or look at my positions, uh, analyze the market. And I use what's called like phantom positions or ghost positions. My biggest like tool that I have there is like, putting on and sizing my positions as if I actually traded them. You know, that helps with just overall data gathering and then seeing how things work out. Um, a couple others that I would mention is my Forex or my FX book. Uh, they pull your data from like Owando or Meta, whatever broker you have, and they put it into um, like an online portal so you could actually see your results uh, amongst others so that's really cool and then finally forex factory you know that's where i get um all our news from like that's how we're we're not uh fundamentally based but we do know that fundamentals do uh drive certain moves so it's good to be aware of the heavy volatile uh, uh movements and that's usually fundamentally driven and then yeah that's through forex factory but how about you bro you yeah. got any more to add to that one yeah, I would add a few more. Um, so the good old spreadsheet, Excel or Google Sheets, um, especially if when it comes down to like sizing, you're doing your equity, checking, just going over all your trades in your portfolio, um, like knowing the current position, the exposure in your current positions, like it's simple as a spreadsheet. You just jot your positions down. You jot your stop losses. You can calculate it easily based on the amount of contracts or lots you're using. Um, having a simple trading checklist, right? Whatever, like use a doc, use a notebook, just just like a, a pre-trading routine, even your post-trading routine, right? When you take the trade, you close out the trade. Are you entering it into your journal? What are the steps in your process? You know, I used to have sticky notes all over my monitor, you know, because it, 
when I'm staring at the charts, I'll, I'll get like a little tunnel vision and just totally forget my trading rules. But when I look at the bottom right, it says, you know, I'll keep myself in check. Like don't YOLO, keep risk and all this. So the sticky note, keep it simple, guys. There's a, also like if you're in a prop firm or the dashboard, lots of the technology is great out there. You know, they do good dashboard data. They just look at your current stats right there. Also, don't forget like airplane mode, you know, you want to keep the distractions minimum. You can't be tweeting. You can't be watching YouTube while attempting to put on the a trade on the charts, you know, especially if it's a big size and whatnot. So keep the distractions to a minimum. You see guys, you know, opposite, right? They'll have like 20 screens in front of them. TV, the news is blurring out. It's fine. Like there are traders, successful traders to do that, you know, all power to them, you know, but um, if you're, you just want to keep your mind clear, minimize the distractions, you know, and I want to end with this last quote by the awesome, great Paul Tudor Jones. Risk control is the most important thing in trading. If you have a losing position that is making you uncomfortable, the solution is very simple. Get out because you can always get back in. And those are one of those sound, timeless quotes that will ever forever be uh, applied to trading and allow you to stay in the game. Oh man, think think as a risk manager, not as a, a trader or gambler, you know, think how much money you could lose before you think about how much money you could gain because the, the profits will come man. but you got to grow those those accounts and you got to stay in the game stay, stay in, in the, the game. game thank you guys for listening <laughs>